So we have Ethan and Caitlin Moore on the show today. Man, this was a fun conversation. Young hustlers, you know, figuring out putting deals together, storage deals. And it's cool to kind of catch them early on in their journey and just to uh, see their vision for what they're growing. And, dude, talk about it got real, man, you know, them sharing their story. I think people are going to really enjoy this episode. Yeah, vulnerableness through and through, very encouraging. And they're hustlers, man. I mean, these this couple's hustling and so it was fun to break it down with them and hear their story see their grind all the success already having is fun yeah I, I have so much respect man for anybody who tries to get in this industry you know regardless of you're just getting started you know this you're going to learn a lot from this couple or if you've ex you're an experienced investor you know this is going to take you back man to maybe it'll take you back to what it takes to to get going and but then not only that i, I do think from a um you know when they begin to share their story and kind of what they've gone through as a couple, you know, to really be in a place where their vision is aligned, their work is aligned, you know, some, it was challenging. I mean, personally, I'm like, man, this, you know, it, sometimes you got to kind of go through it in, and they're, they've gone through it. And so I think to see kind of God's hand and all of that and for them to come out where they are is a real testimony of God's grace. You know, their story is one of like, man, most, I, I don't know how you get through something like that, right? Without, without the Lord's grace. So pretty cool to hear. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's more than evident that God is real and he's moving and he's for people and he heals brokenness. So yeah, that's good stuff. All right. Let's, I know everyone's on edge. What are you guys talking about? This show is going to be great. Enjoy Ethan and Caitlin Moore. Let's roll. Kingdom entrepreneurs and investors, before we get into the episode, I want to invite you to a very, very special webinar coming up very soon. And the title of this webinar is called Learn How to Quit Your Job and Live on Your Own Terms Through Commercial Real Estate Investing. If you don't know, my name is Ellis Hammond. I'm the founder of Kingdom REI, a real estate coaching and mastermind specifically designed for those who are kingdom-minded and want to learn how to grow and scale a real estate portfolio so that they can, one, live life on their own terms, achieve financial independence, but not just for their own sake, but also for the kingdom's sake, to actually have a marginal, profitable business that they can now leverage to have greater kingdom impact. And if that's something that you're interested in, if you want to learn the exact strategies that have helped me, a former college pastor, build a $100 million plus multifamily real estate portfolio, if you want to learn the secrets and strategies of the dozens and dozens of real estate CEOs, entrepreneurs, and investors inside of our mastermind who've been able to do the same exact thing, I have put together a 90-minute live webinar that I want to invite you to attend. But hurry, because I literally only have 200 seats available for this webinar. You're going to want to go to the uh, oneconnectionaway.com. That's one, spell it all out, O-N-E, connectionaway.com. Come and to grab your seat for this upcoming webinar. Don't miss this. We'll see you on the inside. Welcome everyone to the Kingdom REI podcast. This is your host, Ellis Hammond, with my co-host, Cameron Roy. What's up, Cameron? Hey, brother. How are you? Doing well, man. Hey, guys, this is the show for Kingdom Real Estate Investors, where we tell the stories where we spotlight the work of kingdom real estate investors doing amazing work uh, for the kingdom of God uh, through real estate investing. And really, really looking forward to having two, not one, but two amazing 
guest and uh, a married couple, a couple who is working together, which is a challenge and a feat of its own, by the way. Uh, Caitlin's shaking her head like, yes, it is. Uh, Ethan and Caitlin, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. We're excited. Let me do this before we go. I always just get so excited to jump in that uh, I forget to just kind of start in prayer. So I'm going to ask Cameron, Cameron, you want to lead us in prayer, man, and we can get the show uh, kicked off? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, Lord, thank you so much for today and just for the opportunity to connect with some people in this world doing good things, kingdom things for you that we could take the time to um, let them tell their story, ask questions, have them encourage the general community listening, God. And I just pray that our time would be fruitful and encouraging and we'd all leave here just more in love with you, honestly, and how you can use just people like us and all of our faults, all our brokenness. Um, all of our shortcomings to build up your kingdom and to bring others to know you, God. So I just pray that's, that that happens today. And I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. 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 So let, let's, I just would let, let's, let's start with, I mean, I think what's, uh, where I was excited to have you both on the show is you're relatable. I mean, you kind of entered into real estate like, like most people would, I think just like, we want to build wealth through this asset class. And so let's, let's start there. I mean, let's back up and just, Tell the audience a little bit about yourself, where you're located. And then I, I do, I want to hear like, why real estate? Why did you even get into this? Because it really wasn't your background, if I remember correctly. Nope. Um, man, we didn't make much money. I was just, we were dating at the time. Yeah. And we'll just, we'll just start from there. We were 17, 16 years old and uh, waiting tables, making like, I was making like $20,000 a year. Anyways, um, my parents have had some rental properties and uh, so I always knew it was like a smart thing to do. Uh, so I knew I wanted to buy my own house. So it was bought our first house uh, right after we got married. Mm-hmm. I think it was just like a month after we got married. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, bought that and lived in it and then got this wild hair idea to. Well, uh, well I wanted I wanted a family. I wanted kids. I was like, all right, it's time to have babies. And he got scared. He was like, let's move into an RV. So there's no room to have babies. It is <laughs> so, true. Was that communicated that was, or was that like, that was your uh, secret way? It was like kind of, it was, I don't know, something in the back of his mind was maybe this will keep her from wanting to have kids a little longer, like slow her down a little bit which it did. There's not a lot of room in an RV. So <laughs> he got this wild idea. Let's move into an RV, remodeled it, turned it into like a modern looking tiny home. And then we ended up living in it for five years. So wow. yeah, we thought it was going to be like six months. We're like, let's try this for six months, maybe a year. <laughs> five years later, we, we were still in this thing, but yeah. So we rented our house out, rented it out. That was the kind of the idea is, Hey, let's turn this house that we're in. Cause man, we, we just worked a lot. We were only home to just like sleep and mow the yard. It's kind of what it felt like. So I was like, anyway, so we rented it out and uh, through the process, we're able to buy f- three more properties. Yeah. yeah three more houses. Wow. And I, this is, this is kind of the crazy thing. I remember sitting in like a Creek. Uh, we live on a Creek close to a Creek. And I remember like sitting in that Creek talking to my brother. I was like, man, all I have to get is like 30 of these properties. And then I can replace my current income and it can be totally passive. I'm like, that's all I have to do. I'm like, I can totally do that. I wanted to do it by the time Sounds I was terrible 30. terrible now. Sounds absolutely terrible. Yeah. Single family homes. Yeah. <laughs> that many. Uh, but I just yeah, did be passive. It was like the, I don't think that's like the exact opposite of passive. I, yeah. I don't, we didn't, we didn't know. <laughs> uh, but it was like, it was like real in my mind. I was like, that's all I got to do. And so that's when we started like buying the single family homes and, uh, bought them. And then like through that process was like, I just liked learning about real estate. So listening to podcasts, reading books, whatever. 
And somehow I fell on like storage facilities as well. And I was like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. Like I don't have people calling me about the toilet. I won't have people calling me about the, the you know, HVAC system going down. Oh. Yeah. So uh, started learning more about that. And uh, we love the storage facility business. But anyways, that was kind of the goal was doing the single family homes until we uh, I got that idea to look for storage facilities. And so I'm like, well, I mean, the numbers are just on the billboards and just call, you know, and see if you can get the owners. And so that's what I did. I just like started creating a list. Every time I drive by one of these facilities, I just write the number down and call them. And uh, I kept in touch with one guy. This was through two, three years ago now. We'd actually power wash. We were a pressure washing company as well, but we had actually power washed for him at his storage facility and uh, called him and they weren't interested. Uh, most people I call weren't interested in, in selling. selling. Yeah, in selling, uh, which is, I was, I was like, that's fine. Uh, no problem. You know, I'll just touch base with you. If you don't mind, I'll just check back with you, you know, six months or a year or something. That's what we did. But it's a crazy story how we got this property. If we want to go into those details right now, we can. Uh, let, let's but, save it. We might, let's, we'll come back to it, but we, we, if yeah. we, I, I don't think we're going to need any filler, but yes, well, let's come back to it. So pretty amazing. So first off you move, I, I just think for anyone who's like listening to this and was like wanting to break into real estate, first off, like the, the grit, that's why I love real estate investing. Like it is the, like it is, I feel like it's the last frontier for someone who you know, maybe didn't go to Ivy school or doesn't come yeah. from like a wealthy background to like create significant wealth for them and their family. And yeah. this is exactly what y'all did. You moved into an RV. You know, I say this all the time. I, I didn't buy my first place until I got married. And my wife, no way, was me like, Caitlin, I'm like, amazing. Oh, like, I was told it was six months. You must have started liking it. Something yeah, happened. some parts were fine. No and mortgage was, was pretty nice. You know, I always say like, man, I wish I'd have got started a couple years before I got married because I'd have lived in the garage. I'd have, you know, there's just so many. I look back, I'm like, I would have done, I, you know, I definitely would have built um, a bigger portfolio before I got married. So I love that you know, the grid of buying three homes. Um, I just think that's a huge takeaway that, you know, if you have some grit, some creativity, and you're willing to sacrifice a little bit, it's why, you know, I always say real estate is not the end goal for building wealth. It really is the starting point to, to building wealth. And so, I don't know, kudos to you for, for realizing that and, and getting started. Yeah, yeah, thanks. We received that. Cameron, what sticks out so far? It sounded a lot like me as far as just the way I figured it out. You know, I, I, I thought one way and, you know, after a little bit of education and just catching on some stuff, you know, I found a different way and it's kind of evolved like that for me over time as well. I am curious and maybe Ellis, you want to talk about this later. So stop me if not, but I am curious how this marriage business partner relationships work because my wife, and I got to ask Ellis about it too, because he's, he's about to enter that world. Yep. My wife is a labor and delivery nurse. Mm-hmm. and we don't talk business. Like she loves what I do. She loves that. I'm all in real estate. I'm a real estate investor. I'm always doing awesome things in real estate, but that's not, that's not her care or concern. And mm-hmm. sounds familiar. If we, if we decided to do anything together like this, divorce is never be on the table for us, but uh, a good fight would be. Yeah. Oh yeah. How yeah. You, how you guys make this work? How, it sounds like, okay. It sounds like 
he duped you into a, <laughs> uh, oh, a living well, situation. Okay, That's what I tried to do for years. <laughs> it didn't and it work. Didn't work. And there it is a massive, said, massive testimony behind this. I don't know how deep you guys want to go into our real life, but it is a massive God story. Um, no, we want to stay completely surface level in the <laughs> Okay, we're going. We'll go in. You guys want to. Um, I'd love to hear yeah, about so it. I, uh, I also served for, shoot, eight years from the time that I started having a job until just the past couple of years. And I never knew. So your wife knows her passion. I never knew or like what she loves doing labor and delivery, whatever it is she's doing. I'm sure she is like passionate about it or enjoys some aspect of it. And I never had anything. I felt like I was constantly walking in Ethan's footsteps of he's the entrepreneur. He's the business guy. I'm just in the back. Actually, I probably was bringing in a little more money (laughs) during his first few years. Um, with a serving job, but I was always supporting him, I guess you could say, but from the back seat, and I never wanted anything to do, especially with our pressure washing business. He's um, put a lot of time, a lot of money. It was like sun up to sundown. He's an Enneagram three. If you know anything about the Enneagram, he is an achiever. He is a go-getter. He does not stop unless you make him. (laughs) And so that actually was really, really hard on our marriage. It ended up with me being unfaithful a few years back. And that was like a rock bottom, terrible, terrible season that we went through that totally shifted what our marriage looked like. It made, I grew up as a Christian in a Christian home, grew up in the church. um, And so did he. And we always have known Jesus, but I've never truly followed him until that rock bottom point. And I think sometimes it takes hitting that in order for things to shift. And so in that we were so desperate to keep our marriage working into things had to change. And so we started marriage counseling. Um, Spent a lot of money got, on marriage counseling. A lot of money on marriage counseling. <laughs> just starting to work through like, okay, well, and honestly, I was planning on getting a different job. I didn't want to work full time with him in that, especially in that season, we were trying to figure everything out, everything out. So I was applying for jobs. I was about to get this job the week that COVID hit. And so <laughs> it was like a job at this resort here in town and COVID hit they laid off all of their employees. So I couldn't even get a job. And so it was like, okay, well, I'm already doing some of this work for the businesses. How about we start paying me? (laughs) Like then we can start there. So started paying me. And honestly, like God just completely changed my heart through this season. I didn't even ask him to give me a heart for the business or for real estate or for anything that Ethan was doing. And he slowly, but surely like got in there and totally changed my heart for Ethan and my heart for business. And it has been a night and day difference. And since then, it's been a couple of years now, you know, since COVID, but we now work full time side by side and we have lots of boundaries. (laughs) It's a really big, important thing, but um, lots of boundaries that have helped create structure for how our day-to-day goes. Yeah. It's a little bit about us. (laughs) Caitlin, this just became a show right now. Wow. Yeah, we we went there. (laughs) Thank Thank you you for for being vulnerable. Yeah, that's huge. And that's that's a such a a good reminder. I'm sure there's a lot of people who are achievers, threes. Listen, I am whatever on the Enneagram where like you don't really care. You know, like you just move so fast that I've taken it but I don't even remember. So I'm probably that's probably a three or a seven or something. Seven like dog. Um sevens are fun. Are you se- fun? He's a seven wing eight, I'm oh, sure okay. of it. Yeah. yeah. I'm a seven. So I'm all about the play. He's all about the work. Like, yeah, let's go. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, no, let's have fun while we go. <laughs> but no, I, I think that's, that's, uh, well, for this show, and it's, and I appreciate you sharing that testimony and being an example for both of you. I mean, there's, um, business is, is not everything. 
And even though yeah. we are called as entrepreneurs, as king of real estate investors to create margin and create profitability that, uh, that can sometimes be to our demise. And, yeah. um, so I love that God is renewing that in your story. And clearly you're a great picture now of what it looks like to be side by side in business and real estate. Yeah. I feel like so, we gave you our story, but like if for, for practically like working together, so a lot of people don't have like a rock bottom moment of where yeah. you know, our story is a little different, but practically things that have really been good for us, like planning out if the night before, because as an entrepreneur, when you're full-time in real estate, you don't have necessarily someone telling you when to show up, where, and to do what, right? Like you kind of have to figure it out on your own. So one thing that's been really good for us is the night before every single day, we go through like, Hey, these are things that I are important to me tomorrow. And these, this is where I'm going to be when, and creating that structure is like a super practical tool for doing life side by side every day. I'll have to even back up a little bit more than that. If anyone's like in my position where I just, you know, I, I, I like to work a lot. It, that didn't work at all. I had to develop a routine where I shut, shut work down. You can't, especially if you work together, you can't take that home into time with family or time where you're just supposed to spend with each other. So I had to develop a routine. I just call my workday shutdown routine. Actually, it came from the full focus planner, Michael Hyatt's, but I do that routine every single uh, day at the end of my workday. And once that routine is done, my, I can shut my mind off of work much easier. And that way I can be more, what's the word, uh, involved. Present. Present. Yeah. What is that, briefly, what does that routine look like? Yeah, for me, it's um, planning out the next day. So that's that's a big one. Um, I, I update it every once in a while. But so it's planning out the next day. Actually, I plan out two days in advance, like almost almost every hour what I'm doing. I check all my KPIs in my businesses. I review our schedule two days out uh, for the different companies. One last check on the email. And then I log all my heavy tasks or my tasks that felt really hard because uh, I like keeping track of those. That way I can eliminate them or delegate them out. So I log those heavy tasks. I log things called God winks. Anytime I've God winked at me that day, because I want to keep track of the things I'm grateful for, the things that were awesome. And that's the majority of it. Yeah. That's, that's it. I'll change it up every once in a while. But once I do those things, it ties up all the little loose knots that I had in that day. The biggest thing is transferring my tasks that I was working on that day over to the next day. That way I'm not constantly thinking about that. Cause now I know if, like in the evening, if I think about that, I'm like, Oh crap, I didn't do that one thing. Well, it's no problem. It's um, I'll get it done tomorrow. I'll work on, I'll finish working on it tomorrow. Um, I want to talk to you. I want to talk, go back to this, this really, right. You want, you want to talk about your self storage, like breaking into self storage, really. I mean, from, a waiter, you know, and, a, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, that was just amazing. So you started calling these numbers. I mean, you found a deal clearly. I mean, storage probably not that sexy, but you could, you can share it. I'm curious, like, how did you know what to do with it? Like uh, we did it. We didn't. <laughs> yeah. we, we got so blessed. We were actually under contract to buy. We wanted to flip a house uh, at the same time. So we were under contract to flip this house. Yeah. I got, I like got on my knees and prayed that day that the contractors are coming to look at the house. We hadn't closed yet. I was like, God, just do more than we could ever think or imagine with our next property. And then that deal fell through and we were so sad. I was like, dang it. Like God did not hear my prayer, but little did I know we had something way bigger in store. And within, I don't know, it was within a week or two, the storage facility owner of our first property or storage, first storage facility, they called and they're like, Hey, so you've, you know, you've asked me a couple of times if I wanted to sell, I changed my mind. I see people, you know, who are 10 years older than me and they're not getting around so hot. Like I kind of want to take this time to sell, spend time with my wife, go travel, that kind of thing. 
let's meet up and talk about selling. So God really did way more than we could ever imagine, even though I was mad at him for a minute. <laughs> um, he had something bigger in store. But yeah, so talk about the deal. Yep, we we took him out um, to dinner and just started talking about it. It's incredible what happened. This should not have happened. This is a, um, it's a 240 unit facility. It's three acres. So it's not small, it's not huge, but uh, they wanted to sell it for uh, 1.4 million. Um, or maybe it was more than that. I don't know. Anyways, 1.4 million. It was a little higher. They dropped it as we went. But. Yep. And we had no idea if that was a good deal or not. Uh, but they, what they want, like they were willing to finance like 60% of it or something. Owner finance, like 60% of it. And we just needed to come up with the other, which I don't remember. Which we would have needed like a loan for our down payment. Yeah. Like a loan for a loan for a loan. <laughs> we don't we make any money. <laughs> we didn't have any money, man. We made like 40 grand a year. I think we had like 10,000 in the bad. bank. <laughs> Uh, so I was like, dude, I was like going under every single rock I knew asking my, we went to family like, dinners. I was like, ask my aunts and uncles. I'm like, listen, guys, I want to buy the storage facility. I need some money. I need like $400,000 or something. I don't know what I needed. I, need quite I bet a bit. you sounded crazy. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like, Everyone it was like good joke. for, good for you, but we're out. <laughs> so I went back to the owners and like, Hey, listen, this was so generous of you guys to even be willing to owner finance, um, you know, 60% of it. But I can't come up with the rest of the money. Like if I do, I'm going to have to like go get a hard money or something. And it's going to be these high interest rates. I'm like, I really can't do it. Uh, so I was like, anyways, I just was basically going to say, sorry, like that was really nice of you, but you might need to go look for someone else. And they're like, well, let's, let's do some numbers real quick. And so we quickly did some other numbers and come down to it. They ended up financing it to us hundred percent. Zero percent down. And they wouldn't even let us put any money down on it. We had, we had $20,000 that we were like, we can just give you $20,000 cash, like as a thank you, <laughs> like just something, <laughs> yeah, what if you do something? And they're like, no, you're going to like, you guys will probably end up meeting it at some point while figuring out the business. Like just keep it. Were they believers? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. Yeah. They, so we were 16, able 65. to find, we were able with, it was a 4.35 fixed interest rate for 30 years as 0% down. So it was like every how time. How much was your interest rate? 4.35. Wow. And for 30 years, for 30 years, they, they, yeah. they were owner, they were going to owner finance that. Yes. That long. Yes. And it was like every time. So we took practically, we took how much rent was coming in. We knew how much they needed to pay themselves every month to continue their current lifestyle. And then we were able to work the loan and the interest rate to a sweet spot of them not having to pay a ton in taxes with selling the facility and then still being able to pro provide their monthly expenses for their monthly expenses. So you guys didn't use a bank at all. They pretty much became the bank. Correct. And, and so really this couple wanted the cash flow. However, they didn't want the overhead anymore of, of managing the facility. And this pretty much became their passive income in retirement. Yeah. They found a young couple that they trusted it with. And they really didn't have to suffer that much. I mean, they're, they're, they're made, they were making maybe 10% less than what they were or something like that. Like and they owned better. it outright. So they, you know, bought it or they started building it. 40 years ago now. Yeah. So they didn't owe anything on it. So for them to get $7,000 a month on a mortgage covered what they were bringing home anyway. So win-win. <laughs> yeah. So that, you just don't hear about those. Like it's crazy. I uh, love that story, man. Yeah. So any deal now just doesn't sound as good. <laughs> uh, how could it? Right? Well, we did though. Like we, we, we did with our second deal is almost just as good. We didn't have owner financing on it. You know, yeah. we said, different loan but still so how many how many parks do you own now just the two facilities two, the two self-storage parks 
now. Yeah. And then, and then, I mean, you're part of the coaching mentorship program now at Kingdom REI. The goal is to really grow and expand, expand into self-storage, correct? Yeah. And I was working on a lot of that today, sending out letters. Yeah. So uh, what is, what does a day-to-day look like for you guys? I mean, for those who are listening, I mean, to, to come into this and you're just kind of hitting the phones, but you know, hitting the streets, banging the phones. I mean, t- talk to us what day-to-day really looks like for. Yeah, we basically still have like a, a day job, right? Uh, because we have our pressure washing company, which takes up a lot of, at least my time, probably 50% of your time too. Yeah. So we kind of still have our day job. Now it's our own company and it provides really good cash flow, but that's not what we're, what we're passionate about really is um, not the pressure washing company. And it's just, I don't love the business model of service companies. So we kind of have the day job. So that takes a good amount of time, but we have our real estate investing, which we want to do more of. So we manage a team of, depending on the time, um, six to Depending eight. on the day, <laughs> how many day. employees you have. Yeah. In a, in a company that's in a service business, that makes Yeah, you just never know. Yeah. <laughs> but around eight to 10 six. during busy time. Yeah. yeah. So we manage, we manage that during the day, but um, I will, and I've, I've been ramping this up a lot more in the past couple months, but I'll take just a couple hours throughout every day and I'll just work on my leads, work on my analyzing, you know, analyze the deals that I have, call, call a prospective uh, owners, um, look for more owners. So I'll just a couple hours a day, I'll spend working on that. She manages the storage facilities we have now that takes up a little bit of her time, but they're really easy to manage. We do love people. We love our employees. You know, we, uh, we're, we say we're a people development company who just happens to clean houses. And, and we really do find that hundred percent true. We love developing the people who work for us. And it's been pretty cool what we've been able to do with people who've come and gone throughout our company. Yeah, Caleb, I'm curious. I mean, in terms of real estate for you, I mean, for you, as you think about you, the family you want to build, I mean, just even the way your faith integrates, I know your faith in both of you, I mean, your faith integrates so much into who you are and what you're trying to do. I mean, why, why real estate? What, what is, why not just focus in on the, the self storage? I mean, you could probably build that to a profitable company as well, but, but why, why even get into self storage? My, so my side of it, Ethan loves getting the deals. And then I genuinely love creating systems to make it run super smooth. So that is like my little, I don't know. I love it. I love spreadsheets. I love any kind of organization. That's where I come in. So Ethan finds the deals and then I take it over from there. And I, I just, I really enjoy it. I love managing our, so I'm not the, um, the main manager, at each of our facilities, they each have a manager and I can't kind of manage and pour into them, but a lot of, especially cause it's so new for us has been creating those systems and structures and the facilities that we have bought up to this point are ones that are kind of mismanaged or like they don't accept credit cards or like this, the first one didn't even have like an online system. So you couldn't pay your bill online or you had to pay cash or check. You had to come to the facility. So there was all these super inefficient systems that we have been able, I've been able to come in and totally recreate and make it mostly automated. So that's what I really love. That's my favorite part about it. And then I also, just the fact that it's pretty passive, very, passive. very, yeah, very passive. So that's why I love the self-storage and just real estate in general, very passive. It's not even, it gives us resources so that we can be able to do things that we actually love doing. So even though I'm not passionate about our pressure washing company, I love the people and I love that we get to spend time pouring into the people and it may not be bringing in all of the money, but it just, real estate has been able to open doors for us to be able to do those things through passive income. Or whether that's, I don't know, like serving at our church or being able to travel with people we love or be able to go to events to better ourselves. It just 
is more passive for us to, you know, allow us to be able to do those things. A quote where, where there's no margin, there's no mission. And I mm. think, mm. you know, I, I just think that's why I appreciate that testimony, why we have this show, why we have our mastermind, why we have our coaching community. Like we want Christians to be profitable. Like it's amazing how much that like has to be whispered in some circles. Whereas like, yeah. why would we not want kingdom minded people to have margin in their lives so they can have a greater impact and be able to focus on the thing. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, yeah. yeah. It's so, I just think that's really well said, Caitlin. Absolutely. Ellis, I don't remember who said it in the mastermind, but someone said um, kind of the extent of what you just iterated on of where um, the measure of faith in your business is that there is margin. Mm. That challenged me a lot. I'm, I'm curious as you guys, you know, you talked about serving with your church in your business. And I love the concept of just pouring into people and Caitlin, how you said, you know, may not be passionate about it, but that's the reason why there's so much inconsistency in this world is everybody's passion chasing. So it's like one day they're passionate about this. The next day they're passionate about that. But if you could be purpose focused, you know, you can grow a passion for your purpose, even if it's not that at the beginning. Yeah. I mean, what do you guys think right now? Like all you have going on, all the interests, all the goals, everything that you're responsible for, you know, what is it very clear that God is calling you to right now? Like, to do with his people, with his businesses, you guys stewarding it. Where do you feel like God has you right now? What he is expecting of you and, and asking you to be faithful in? That's man, that's such a good question. So hard to answer. Like it's a common question. Like what is God calling you to do? And it's, it's very hard to answer because you never really, I don't think you ever fully know, uh, not very few people fully know for hundred percent. For me, it's um, building generational wealth. And the reason why is because we, we give away 40% of the money we make. All the money we make, we give away for it. So we tie 10% to our church. Uh, and then the other 30%, we have a, a giving account. And we're able to use that for so many cool things, mm. uh, for just, just blessing people we're around. And not just other believers. I mean, just blessing our employees, the people we run across in, in, at the restaurant, whatever it might be. So as we make more money, we're able to bless people more. And that's a big one for me. Generosity. Yeah. So you should start there next time when you come on the Kingdom Warrior podcast. Show. So <laughs> we give away forty yeah. <laughs> percent. So let me ask you this: Let's. I wanted to. Uh, why did why why are you ashamed to say that? Um, because I I hate bragging on myself. I I don't like people looking at me, uh, and so that's why I I I don't want it to ever come across as oh hey look at me like I give away forty percent. Yeah 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 I understand that. I think there are some circles where that that would feel that I I do think though man like it clearly forty percent is radical and when you look at what most people even that come on the show give from their business so I would say some ways I would also change your mindset to say man consider what circles you're in like a show like this where you come on and say hey we give forty percent of our income would really encourage and inspire folks like me for example to be like man we really don't give enough you know like what what are even begging the question of why do i want to hold on to more and so i think um i think it's, that's pretty incredible i have a follow-up question so you just give 40 percent off the top of whatever comes in instead of giving 10 you give 40 is that is that what i'm hearing 40 percent of the money that we make personal income yeah so our storage facilities pay us and so does our pressure washing company. And so 40% of that. And then we do 10% of profits from our businesses at, at the end of the year. We do a monthly, but at the end of the year, we assess how much, make sure we tied that at least 10% and then 
go from there. They yeah. assess every year. Yeah. But anything that comes to Ethan and I, or if we take, take an extra draw at the end of the year, 40% of that gets set aside to where did get, you get that number from? Like, where that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. We just started increasing it. Well, man. We started at 5%. <laughs> what was that? We've always tithed. That was something we both were grown. Like we were taught growing up. Yeah. Um, so we've always tithed. And then we started, I don't know when we got married, we just decided we wanted to give more. And so we started with 5%, super doable. We set up really a separate small. account and we have a, a little debit card. <laughs> it's called our giving account. We just, every time we put money into the bank, we would tithe our 10% and we would give fifth or the 5% to the other account. And the cool thing about that is if you do it right away, you don't feel emotionally attached to it. You don't see it. You don't think it's yours. It's somebody else's. It's out of sight, out of mind. It's not in that same checking account that you're always looking at. And I grew up like there are times that like we couldn't go to a birthday party because we didn't have the money for a gift. Like how stupid to miss out on like fun community type building relationship type things because you didn't have money for a gift. So like little things like that. Um, if you just set it aside, you want to go to a birthday party, you need a gift, you have money right there. Or you see someone on the side of the street, God, you know, you feel the Holy Spirit telling you to give them money, you have it there. Like it's so ex- it's just a nice little, I don't know. It's been really good for us to have. So then from that 5%, we slowly have increased it as we have felt called to. I don't know. I guess like if, when did we, I don't know what made us decide to. Oh, we just kept going up. I don't yeah. know. We'll keep going, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We that's don't really crazy. have a goal. It's not like, like you could go, you could do more. Like the goal, that's just where you're at currently. Like we're catching yeah. you at 40% is what, is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. Let's go. Ethan, I would say brother, you know, I, that's a very honorable thing to not, you know, want to put yourself in the limelight. And I would just say this, man, Paul says in first Corinthians 11, follow me as I follow Christ. And he's not saying, cause I'm so great, but it's, I've tasted and seen it. it's, it's this way. And it's in these that's things. Nice. I want you to taste and drink of it. So I would implore you, man, not to go, you know, wear a hat that says I give away 40%. Maybe that's how you start a conversation, um, but not be ashamed to tell people what you're doing that leads you to more fullness in Christ uh-huh. and, and implore, implore them to come onto that ship with you. Yeah. Cameron, that that's uh, I received that. It's good. Yeah, it, yeah, for sure. That's a good word. Uh, guys, this is really fun. I'm, I'm so excited to continue to get to know you and, uh, and be a part of your journey. And, and, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's clear that God is at work in both of you and it's cool to see that you're working together and uh, I'm looking forward to doing some deals together and seeing what we can come up yeah. with and help build some systems. I, I'm glad that we had this conversation Ethan, to understand a little more what you're doing. Cause you know, the fact that you're still making calls and spending your time, I, th- I think there's just, there's clear ways we can help grow and develop that through uh, coaching and mentorship too, man. So anyways, yeah. excited for this. Where, where can folks, you know, where can we, where, I mean, I'm clearly, I hope this is not the last time we hear of you, but I'm sure other people want to follow your journey. Are you blogging this? Are you tweeting about this? Like where do people Not a lot, but you? Caitlin's pretty active. So I, I'm not on any social media. Um, I, I just, I'm not, but Caitlin's very active on Instagram. Um, and, uh, we have tossed around the idea quite a bit of, of starting a, um, uh, both an Instagram and a podcast for marriage, um, marriage and business. Yeah. So that, that might be coming, but, um, I don't know if you want to Stay share tuned. your Instagram. Yeah. My Instagram is kate.lynn.more. 
if you catch Ethan on there, he's pretty funny. You get to see his true colors. How do you spell Lynn? Kate dot. Kate C A I T dot Lynn L Y N dot more. L what? L Y N. This is way too complicated. Like I've had it forever. I'm surprised it's not like. Yeah, but you can know. you can change. You know, I know. I just have it. I, I'm not that popular. So, <laughs> I, so wait, real quick too. Are you guys high school sweethearts? Y'all been together since you were 17. Uh, ish. <laughs> we, we've known each other since we were like uh, 12. 12. But yeah, so when I was like 14, we started talking. You can't really date when you're that young, sure. Especially when yeah, I don't, you can't go anywhere. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I was like 14. Ethan was 15, and then he got a cool truck, so he could yeah. drive me places. So that caught my interest. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it how long have y'all been married? Uh, we got married when I was 18. So it's been eight, eight, eight and a half years. We were babies. That's awesome. I don't know who let us get married that young. <laughs> we, made, we didn't think we were going to make it two years ago, but we did. <laughs> All right. So, so folks, if you want to follow them, so the best place is to go to Kate uh, is to go to kate.lynn.more because um, you guys aren't, you don't even have like a website yet to start raising money or anything like that, right? No. No. Man, we have so much work to do, guys. There's so much work to do together. So anyways, I'm Kate.Lynn, C-A-I-T dot L-Y-N dot M-O-O-R-E. And hey, Caitlin, this looks pretty good. We got to get some real estate content on here for sure, though. (laughs) All right, I'm in. She's incredible with uh, social media, Instagram. It's yeah, She needs to do more with it, but. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, All right. Hey, well, this was awesome. Uh, Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. This has been fun. All right, everyone. Talk soon. Okay. Peace. See ya.